sure you knew When I bit off more than I could chew But through it all KFI handle here on a uh, Thursday, June 28th. Big, big story. Uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy, Associate Justice Supreme Court. The swing vote has uh, sent a letter of retirement to the president. He's out. So there'll be a new justice by the time uh, the next term in October uh, starts. And uh, also, there are other stories uh, that uh, we are covering. Uh, we've been talking about the death of 10-year-old Anthony uh, Avalos. Or Avalos. Uh, he uh, was found last week unresponsive, not breathing, died the next day. And uh, we knew... Uh, that the person of interest was Kareem Leva, the boyfriend of Anthony's mother. He has been arrested on suspicion of uh, murder. Okay, now, uh, Anthony Kennedy. Uh, so much to talk about. What makes Anthony Kennedy's retirement so important is that he was the swing vote. When Justice Scalia died... There was no question that a lion of the Supreme Court had died. I mean, just an extraordinarily brilliant man. Uh, but in terms of importance and his influence on the court, it was no big deal. Why? Because Neil Gorsuch was then put into his place. It was just another Antonin Scalia. No change. With Kennedy now leaving the court and the swing vote, now it changes. Because you had basically a four-to-four court with Kennedy going either way. That's why they called him swing court. Depending on what the issue is, he was in, uh, let's look at the issues individually kind of justice. The other eight are either left-wing or right-wing, conservative or liberal. And you can count on them on every case to rule the same way. You know which way they're going to rule. Because of their philosophies and uh, what their particular viewpoints are. You just know it. So you had a four to four with a swing vote. Now that uh, you have Kennedy, the swing vote retiring, what do we have? It will be a very conservative justice. We know that. The president has already said that he is going to be putting into place Scalia's. And if you look at the short list or you even look at the long list of potential Supreme Court justices, every one of them is conservative or super conservative. Some are wildly conservative. Others are just major conservatives. So a little bit about uh, Anthony Kennedy. And this, when we talk about Supreme Court justices, and, and, and this is the complaint I've always had when uh, it's politics that enter into this. It's, uh, it becomes ideology. Democrats are going to, I'll tell you right now, they are going to fight. It doesn't matter who, because that person is too conservative. When a liberal justice, although it's been a very long time since a pure, well, that's not true. Elena Kagan uh, was uh, a very liberal justice who was put into place. Uh, they're the conservative uh, senators fight like crazy. Now, just to give you uh, a quick rundown, a little history of uh, Kennedy. Uh, he's 81 years old, so he's been on the bench a very long time. Uh, here is his schooling. London School of Economics, Stanford University, Harvard Law. You think he has some creds? Born in Sacramento. Uh, he uh, taught constitutional law. 
He joined the U.S. Court of Appeals in the 70s. And in 1988, he was appointed by uh, Ronald Reagan to become a Supreme Court justice. Uh, He, at that time, was known for his conservative views. He was put into place as a conservative. And then what happened? Well, he became independent. And that's what happened. Earl Warren, the Warren court, you know, Miranda, uh, Brown versus Board of Education. I mean, all of those. Uh, this was an Eisenhower appointee. He was put into place as a moderate or a little bit right of center and center. And he turned into a wild liberal. And the Warren court became the most activist liberal court in the history of the United States. And President Eisenhower, who appointed him, was quoted as saying that was the worst mistake I made in my presidency in the two terms. And that was appointing Earl Warren as uh, chief justice. Interesting, interesting story. His dad started out as a dock worker, uh, put himself through college and law school, became a successful lawyer and a lobbyist. And uh, Kennedy, the son the justice honor student for most of his years. Uh, He graduated from Stanford cum laude. I mean, it goes on and on. And he followed his dad's political affiliation, working as a lobbyist in California, all as a Republican, became friendly with Ed Meese, who was very close to Ronald Reagan. See, this is how it works, is the more you know, the people you know, the farther you go. It's who you know. And in most cases, it's people that are politically connected. But in this case, it is not. Because Donald Trump does not have political connections. People don't have political connections to Donald Trump. Because his first political job is President of the United States. So he is looking simply at philosophy, writings, and credentials of Supreme Court justices, which I think is a great idea. And uh, so what has he done? Well, let me give you some, uh, just some of the, uh, the dissensions. Uh, he has voted in favor of the Affordable Care Act. He voted in favor of uh, gay marriage. He voted in favor of Citizens United, uh, which uh, the conservatives love. Of course, gay marriage goes the other way. Truly a swing vote for sure. All right. Coming up, what's going to happen now that Kennedy is gone? Oh, we're going to go in that direction, too. This is KFI AM 6. And uh, here we go again, right? Big story. The biggest story, of course, uh, is the uh, retirement of uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy. And we just went through uh, the, uh, uh, the fact that the court is going to change so much. And what does that mean? Well, here are the big issues of the day. And this is where the court's going to go the other way. Abortion. Uh, Of course, abortion has been a major issue since 1973, Roe v. Wade, wherein uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruled that abortion is a fundamental right. Where that came from, I don't know, incidentally. Uh, Right of privacy. That was, according to Justice Scalia, and he's right, he said, tell me where in the Constitution the right of privacy came. Right? And I'll tell you how where the right of privacy did come from. Nowhere. Nowhere. It's sort of uh, out of the vapors of the Constitution. I'm not kidding you. Justice, Justice Blackman, in writing that decision, said it is 
and a penumbra of rights. I don't even know what the hell that means. But it sort of e evolves like ectoplasm out of the Constitution. And Scalia went nuts on that one. All right. Uh, so abortion is going to be a big issue. Is abortion going to be overturned? Probably not. Because there's a lot of precedents. What it's going to be is whittled away to nothing. That's what's going to happen. Uh, gun control is another one. That's dead. Gun control is over. The gun lobby has won. It's not even going to go up anymore, especially now with this. It's going to be a super conservative court. And, uh, and the gun advocates, and I love their philosophy, and it's always been that uh, guns don't pill, kill people, people kill people. Problem is, they do it with guns. I mean, think of the logic. Now, they could do it when you have the people that want to go out and murder. They could do it with force-feeding folks donuts and having them die of diabetes. But they don't. They do it with guns. But that's done. That's totally finished. It's off the table. So a gun, uh, the uh, gun control advocates, you can just kiss that one goodbye and uh, you're, you're done. Now, the other one uh, is gay marriage. And this is, I have to tell you, I, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the folks that are against gay marriage. I mean, what, what business is it of yours? Now, abortion is, uh, I think, is a ge genuine issue. And even though I'm on the side of pro-choice, certainly it cannot be argued that the people that are pro-life, anti-abortion, they have more than a legitimate argument because they say you are killing. Now, whether it's a person or not, at what point uh, the fetus becomes a person, that's all up to legal definitions. Are you killing a legal insert name of fetus or person or you see it's they view this as murder and there is a legitimate arg argument for that so roe v wade and the issue of abortion i see as a legitimate argument on both sides gay marriage come on really do you really care if the two guys that get next door get married well god didn't intend to get married oh, come on I mean, it, well, the sanctity of marriage uh, is, well, your marriage is unsanctified if uh, Fred and George get married uh, next door? Really? It affects your marriage? That's my argument that I have. So a warning, and gay marriage uh, may disappear, by the way. The court may reverse itself. Although I think, see, what happens is the court rarely just changes its mind, mind and goes the other way. Very, very rarely does that happen. So it's little bits and pieces. But gay marriage, a super conservative court, may very well say it's not a fundamental right. Then it goes to the states. Same thing with abortion. It's not as if abortion is going to disappear if Roe v. Wade disappears, unless, unless the Supreme Court rules that fetuses are people or even uh, embryos are people and have a fundamental civil right not to be killed. Then abortion becomes illegal in the United States. They're not going to go that far. All they're going to say is it's not a fundamental right. That's all. Uh, and so the states take it over, and you, the states, can decide. And, of course, California will always allow abortion because it's in the Constitution. Uh, the southern states, uh, the evangelical states, will all say abortion is illegal, and it's going to go down state lines. That's what's going to end up happening. So... Which way is the court going to go? Well, very quickly, because it's going to be a very conservative justice. We all know that. 
Uh, gay marriage, I think, is in trouble. So those of you who are gay, you better get your dorking in right now uh, because it may very well be illegal coming up in a while. All right. Uh, abortion, you're going to see big changes going in uh, and it's going to be whittled down. And then uh, you're going to see cases like Citizens United, uh, which, in, by the way, Kennedy voted in favor of Citizens United. And that was uh, the case in which uh, PACs, and you're talking about uh, political organizations not connected specifically to candidates can have as much money in them as possible. And you can't stop an individual from throwing money into these PACs to help a candidate or a position. Sheldon Adelson gives $100 million a year or more to conservative causes. Under If Citizens United had gone the other way, he would not be allowed to do that. And so the argument is going to be people who have tons of money have undue influence. Well, they always have, but now uh, they have incredible influence. That's what's happening with the court. So we're the, the other issue is uh, which justices are on the short list. So let's do that before we go to the uh, poor kids who uh, have been abused and killed and tortured in L.A. County. But I'm going to give you a, a little reality check here because uh, I think we're looking at it without putting it in context. I know that's kind of harsh, but uh, I, I think you may agree with me. So in the meantime, when we come back, who is going to be the next justice and the short list? KFI AM 640. Uh, Supreme Court Justice is going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the front runners, uh, the short list of, of replacements. Also, uh, other news, uh, Trump and Putin. Uh, we know that uh, the summit is going to be July 16th in Helsinki. And then uh, a little bit later on at 8 o'clock, I'm going to share with you some of uh, the horror stories of the kids who have been tortured and murdered by parents and step-parents and foster parents. And uh, I want to put a little bit in context. I, I do, because there is context here I want to share with you. All right. Now, uh, the president has to nominate a Supreme Court justice. That's how the Constitution works. The president nominates and the Senate, with the advice and consent of the Senate, the uh, Supreme Court justice is, in fact, confirmed or not confirmed. I don't know what the advice, advice and consent means, nor does anybody else. But it has come to where it should be the president nominates and the, Supreme, and the uh, Senate looks at the credentials. Is the justice, the potential justice, uh, is he or she qualified? That's where it should start and stop. It doesn't anymore. Now it's all ideology. How conservative, how liberal, how moderate. That is far more important than actual credentials, than qualifications. That's the way it works. Maybe it's because all of the potential nominees are amazingly well-credentialed. For example, let me go through the short list of uh, those that are front runners, although that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be nominated. Sometimes a president pulls out of his hat people you've almost never heard of. But we do know that they're all conservative. The president said 
any any nominee he's going to bring to the table is going to be conservative. He was elected that way, which is an interesting argument, incidentally, for the Electoral College. Just a little sidebar story real quickly. And that is a president, probably the most important thing a president can do, other than maybe declare war, is choose a Supreme Court justice because that is generational. The legacy just goes on and on. And uh, the argument is, D, do we have a popular election? You know, twice in recent history, we've actually had a president elected who did not get the majority of the votes, Al Gore and Hillary Clinton. And interestingly enough, the more that this happens, the less we hear about uh, getting rid of the Electoral College. Go figure. All right. So let me spend a minute or two talking about the front runners. Uh, President Trump considered Judge Thomas Hardiman last time around, uh, and then he inevitably chose Neil Gorsuch. Uh, he has built, we're talking about Hardiman, a reliable conservative reputation as a conservative. He served alongside Trump's sister, Judge Marianne Trump Barry. A lot of people don't know that his sister is a federal judge. She recommended Hardiman for the Supreme Court vacancy last year. A lot of it is who you know. And uh, he is a genuine conservative. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, last year, uh, Hardiman signed uh, onto a decision declaring that asylum seekers cannot ask a federal district court to prevent or postpone their deportation while challenging the removal orders. Then you have William Pryor, uh, United States uh, Court of Appeals for the 11th District. By the way, Hardiman is Court of Appeals for the 3rd District. Uh, just to give you an idea of how Hardiman or how uh, Pryor would vote on an abortion issue, he called Roe v. Wade, and I'm going to quote, the worst abomination of constitutional law in our history. Which way do you think he's going to go on that one, huh? Brett Kavanaugh, U.S. District Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Uh, now, uh, this is uh, someone who White, uh, White House officials were already signaling their interest in any future opening. Former prosecutor under independent counsel Kenneth Starr and appointed to the court by President George W. Bush had a tough time to confirmation. And he was part of helping Bush fill the courts with conservatives. Senator Chuck Schumer said, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh would probably win first prize as the hard rights political lawyer. Joan Larson, U.S. Court of Appeals for the uh, Sixth District, former Michigan State Supreme Court justice, confirmed last year to the federal bench, criticized by civil rights groups for her past rulings and writings on gay rights. She clerked for Justice Antonin Scalia. How about that? Uh, yeah, pretty conservative. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, became a hero to the religious conservatives last year when Dianne Feinstein, senator, questioned what influence her Roman Catholic fate would have on her rulings from the bench, particularly a 1998 article in which she argued that Catholic judges should sometimes recuse themselves from sen sentencing in death penalty cases. In other words, as a Catholic, maybe someone should recuse themselves because the Catholic churches stand on capital punishment. How about that? Conservative after conservative after conservative. 
And so what are the Democrats going to do? They're going to fight this. Uh, just It's going to be pulling teeth, the confirmation hearings. The hearings are going to go on forever. The justice will be confirmed, probably 51-49, because it's going to go down ideological lines. And that's what we get. And the bottom line is, Every one of these, uh, anyone, every one of these potential nominees are astoundingly qualified, and that should be it. The politics is over. The president has been elected. We elected someone who said that he was going to appoint super conservative justices whenever he has the opportunity. That was his platform. This isn't a secret agenda. This isn't him slipping in. A nominee that, oh, my God, look what you did. No. And that's just the way the Constitution in America works. You know, it's interesting. People who are on the other side of this ideology love the United States and love its Constitution unless it goes the other way. 